Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast where we talk about what's going on in our brains instead of what's happening outside. This week's episode, The Good Place. Welcome. Everything is fine. Is everything fine? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll find out. Everything's fine over here, only because I just finished eating dinner. Yes, we were recording this like 8.30 at night. Yes, we eat late. Um, You're just European. We are very, very European around here. But mostly it's just because my husband didn't go grocery shopping for dinner until like 5.30. So, and then he wanted to make lasagna. So, As you do on a <laughs> Sunday evening before the work week. Yes, well, you know, it's one of his only two days where he's not cooking for a living so he was like I want to make lasagna I was like I mean I'm not mad about it it was delicious but I was like uh okay well we're done eating uh I gotta make a cup of tea and I'm going upstairs to record with Megan bye (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you clean up bye (laughs) thank you for everything that you've done and also please do more uh kind of (laughs) I've been there my friend marriage (laughs) Oh, so we're going to talk about The Good Place this week. I'm so excited because The Good Place is basically my favorite TV show. Megan has been super excited about this episode. (laughs) So we know that season three is getting ready to start. No, I'm sorry. That's a lie. Season four is getting ready to start. We've already seen season three. I know what year it is. It's fine. (laughs) Season four is getting ready to start. So we thought this would be kind of good timing to just talk about why we love The Good Place. If you have not watched The Good Place and you want to and you don't want it spoiled, I recommend just just go go find something else to listen to because we are going to throw out all the spoilers. So press pause, go watch it on Netflix and then come back later. Yes, yes. We are going to assume that if you are listening to this podcast episode, that you've seen all of the first three seasons, and or if you haven't, that you don't care if it gets spoiled for you. So just consider that your warning, proceed with caution, and now we can go on. Exactly. So The Good Place is one of those shows you can watch over and over again and find new things to enjoy. I've probably rewatched it. I I mean, I I don't know how many times, but... It's one of those I can just put on, like, when I'm trying to fall asleep or I'm crafting and I want it on in the background and, like, I can kind of half watch it, but also half not watch it and pop in and out at random places. I do that all the time with it. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. It's... I guess it's basically a a hallmark of the shows that Mike Schur has done, like The Office and Parks and Rec Mm -hmm. and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. They're kind of all very similar in that vein where you can kind of come in and out and watch it and then you can see new things, get jokes that you missed the time before. It's kind of, I don't know, I just really like that about all the shows. Yes, I do that a lot with Parks and Rec too. Mm -hmm, Me too. I think it's also, when I first came out, I was like, show about heaven i mean i'll watch it because i love Kristen bell but i don't know i didn't really expect to like it as much as i did it sounded weird it sounded weird but also like i don't know i'm like it'll probably be funny but like it doesn't it it just gets so much further than it's a show about heaven but also right 
I'm pretty sure that Mike sure didn't say like, um, so this is going to be a comedy about philosophy because... <laughs> I don't think it would have gone very far if he had pitched mm, it like that. <laughs> probably not. Um, one of the reasons that I've been so into the show is that it's actually really complex. Like it says about philosophy, but also it's about like stupid stuff. <laughs> like, yes. I Jason. Don't, Jason. Yes. Um, <laughs> Molotov cocktails, you know, just a oh, bunch of really stupid things. But the show doesn't just rely on a laugh track or one-liner after one-liner like a lot of the comedies that are out there right now that I'm not going to name, but I don't watch them. (laughs) Um, The jokes are mixed up between debates on Kant and Kierkegaard and who deserves to be classified as good, but also like jokes about farts. Yes. And it works. You know what some of my favorite... Uh, my favorite lines and jokes are are when Michael and Janet are talking about humans <laughs> and they'll be like these humans with their stupid tiny mouths and <laughs> or like they're like trying to relate to humans like in um, season one when Michael's like talking about like oh yeah he's gonna be he's gonna retire he's gonna go into retirement and he's like I just wanted a chance to say take it sleazy and eat a saltine like there's just the things that that they say about humans are the fucking hysterical and then he finally gets to eat a saltine and he's like it's dry (laughs) which is exactly how i feel about saltines it's so true or like anytime they describe the people who are in the bad place or they like when he's doing the questionnaire he's like have you watched any of the bachelor or any of the spinoff uh series of the bachelor or have you ever been to a red hot chili peppers concert <laughs> like those are things that should put you in the bad place <laughs> do you have a personalized license plate uh-huh all of these yeah it's not you know it's not things that you would think of like you know they're a murderer obviously they would be in a bad place but just you know just the things that you look at someone and go hmm about also, a little bit also as someone who religiously watches the bachelor the bachelorette and bachelor in paradise i still found <laughs> i still found it hysterical <laughs> because yeah i probably do deserve to be in bad place for that a little concerned about you it's okay i allow it well the point is is that it's a complex which like people are and that makes it yeah. super super relatable mm-hmm. it really is uh, and one of the things that I always like to talk about with people who watch The Good Place is which character do you relate to the most? Oh, man, I've been thinking about this one and it's kind of tough because so like on an anxiety level, I feel very much like a cheaty, um, just like things that make your stomach hurt and you're like, oh my God, I have a stomach ache. Bah. Um, but then sometimes I identify a little bit with Eleanor. <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, I'm a trash bag. I feel like I relate a lot with Eleanor, mostly yeah. because she does not care that much about what people think of her, at least when she was alive, she didn't. Right. And she kind of had like a really tough life in general, mm-hmm. and that framed her reference point for a lot of the things that she does not that my life was necessarily super super tough in comparison to a fictional character on a tv show (laughs) but 
I think a lot of the things that happened in my life really shaped who I am. And it does make me kind of like Eleanor in that she doesn't necessarily trust people. She has, you know, problems getting close to people, you know, doesn't really make friends that easily. Um, And she, deep down, is a good person, but it's really hard for her to show that. Absolutely. I love her. I just, I love her character development throughout the course of the show. I love that. Because even, and it is so interesting because even though they get rebooted, you know, what is it, like 804 times or whatever in season two, Each time, even though she's not supposed to have retained any of what she learned before from Chidi, she isn't as much of a trash bag (laughs) each time they restart as she was the very, very first time from like the beginning of season one. So it's it's really interesting to watch like her find Chidi every single time, every single time he agrees to help her and she learns and she gets better. And it's like she's retained a little bit of it, even though she shouldn't. I just I don't know. I I love that. I love her. I feel like it's almost... I don't necessarily think that it's that she's retaining it. I think it's kind of just to the point of that showing how people deep down do have that inside of them all Mm -hmm. along. And so she's just really tapping into it each time. And maybe sometimes Mm -hmm. it's faster than others. But I think that's really cool. Especially when you put it in perspective of your own life and you might have difficult people that you are you know living with or working with um it's it makes it easier to remember that you know actually we're kind of we're kind of all the same you know it's sometimes when you're arguing with people and things get really frustrating it's hard to remember that but i feel like was it 22 minute show yeah (laughs) watching that just kind of makes you feel better about everything right i also really love in season two where it's towards the end of the season and they figure out that they're in the bad place, but Michael decides not to reboot them. And he's like, I want your help. And at first, Eleanor is like, fuck no, like I'm out of here. She asked Janet to call her a train and get her a ton of cocaine to take to Mindy St. Clair in the medium place. And then she says to Michael, okay, out of these 800 and some reboots, like, how many times did Chidi refuse to help me? And he was like, none. He always helped you. And I just, and then she's like, okay. Like, she, I don't know. I just, re- there's something about that that I just love. No, I agree. I think it's just an example of, of how deep the show can be. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I, I was telling you earlier before we were recording that I was trying to do some research about the show and it is quite a rabbit hole because of all the philosophy and um I never took philosophy in college Mm. it was one of those classes that I was interested in taking but I just I just never did and um trying to read it now is no wonder Eleanor was confused and mad at Chidi because <laughs> make your brain hurt. It makes your brain hurt a little bit, and I've even I looked up like Kant for dummies to try and figure <laughs> it out. Like it's it, it, the Good Place does a really good job of kind of breaking down what it all means. Each week, I feel like they kind of cover a different 
moral philosophy aspect. Yeah. But and it always relates to whatever's happening to the show. So it But they it makes don't a lot do it sense. but they don't do it in a really trite way. Like um like when you watch Sex in the City and it you have like Carrie's voiceover at the beginning and then she ties it together again at the end. Like it's not done in that like cheesy way. It's very it's kind of subtle so you kind of have to pay attention to it. And it's always done to serve the plot, to move it along instead of just be like, here's mm-hmm. today's lesson, kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate that about it. Um, I've been trying to learn more about the philosophy of it. It's, it's like I said, it's very um, confusing, gets you down a rabbit hole. And it, it was one of those things that it just makes you wonder how many hours and hours that writers spend thinking about stuff like that. And I know know, we both listen to the official Good Place podcast um, Mm -hmm. hosted by Mark Evan Jackson. And if you have not listened to that, you definitely need to. It's so good. If for nothing else, just to listen to Mark Evan Jackson's voice. Oh, my God. It's like butter. A little obsessed with him. (laughs) Sorry. No, you're married, but just read all the podcasts and we'd be happy. Um. But he has Todd May, who is one of the philosophers that kind of advises the show on every episode. And it's so fascinating to listen to him talk. I, I can't even, like, do it justice of any sort of insight that he's given. But it, it's one of those little things where you don't realize that you're learning while you're watching a ridiculous sitcom. Yes. I'm trying to think of uh, the best example... Or at least the funniest example of philosophy that has been in the show. And probably, I mean, at least the most disgusting example would be the trolley problem. Oh my god. I just watched that episode the other night. (laughs) It is so disgusting. It's Um, awful. (laughs) So if you're not familiar with the trolley problem, even though if you've watched The Good Place, you should be. um, It's the... Classic scenario where you are on a trolley, I guess, instead Mm -hmm. of a train, um, and it's going to split off into two tracks, and one, you have to go down one and kill one person, and down the other, you kill five people, and which one are you supposed to choose? And um, in The Good Place, Michael brings it to life with a complete reenactment. (laughs) so bad um, well because Cheedy at first is like oh it's well it's a really easy blah 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 and then michael's like oh but is it because right now it's all hypothetical so let's make it not so hypothetical right we'll put it in a real life situation uh you know as real as you can get in the afterlife mm-hmm. but it's um it's pretty real and disgusting it's pretty, it's pretty awful <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty terrible and if you're wondering, well, my fav- I think my favorite part, I, I think my favorite part of that episode, though, is at the very beginning when he's talking about it, when Cheaty's like telling them about the trolley problem. And he's like, OK, here's he's like outlining it. And then Michael's like, oh, I get it. We're supposed to figure out how we can kill all six people at once. So here is a blade that'll cut off the head of the. Other- and, then- <laughs> and then he's like, they're like, no, no, no. He's like, oh, I did it again. He goes up to the chalkboard. and He's like, people 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 good people good people good (laughs) (laughs) 
It's pretty I love, great. I lo- and I love Ted Danson in that role. It's just, he's so good. It's so good, especially if you, you know, you watch the first season and you think he's he's a good guy. And there's just all the, but after you've, if you've seen all of the episodes and then you go back and watch it and you see all these little nuanced bits where it reveals that he's actually not a good guy it's so so great it is great and you know when i listened to the actual good place podcast and they were talking about how in season one they had to so specifically make sure that um like michael was never alone like michael and the other like demons were never alone together without one of the humans there because that would give away the fact that it's actually the bad place and it's not something that you realize when you're watching it the first time through and then when you hear that you're like oh my god they that they were never alone because they would have been talking about like oh this is so funny ha 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 these stupid humans so it's just things like that where you're like oh my god these writers are genius i think that's something that's really actually taken for granted a bit because in a lot of shows that i've watched shows and movies where they do that sort of, it's not necessarily the they're trying to trick somebody or something, but if they're doing it from a certain perspective, mm-hmm. and they they often show those characters either alone or with characters who would know that they're lying about something, right. and they don't keep up the charade in the same way. Right. Um, that always has driven me crazy because you know if you have character A and character B who are in cahoots. Um, you'd think that they would talk about it. Right. But in a lot of movies and TV shows, they don't do it that way. So they just keep them together without even thinking about the aspect of, you know, what people actually do yes. in a real life situation. Yes. Real yes. afterlife situation, I right. suppose. Right. Here, like what would, what would these demons like actually do? Uh, it's great. Yeah. It's like, it reminds me, that reminds me of that one scene where... Uh, it, it's in season two, but it's where Eleanor and Chidi are like running through the streets and they like happen upon a group of the demons that are yes. like, out back smoking. Yes. Uh-huh. And the one's so like great. taken off his, the one guy's taken off his human suit. Yeah. Or, yeah. Stuff like that is like, well, of course that's been happening in the background. You just didn't see it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, one of the things, so we talked, you talked a little bit earlier about, um, like that this show can be really like hilarious, but also really deep. Mm -hmm. I, the very end of season three, like it's literally the last couple minutes of the, of season three, um, they've had to reboot Cheaty, like wipe his memory so he doesn't remember anything because he knows he's going to mess up if he's around his ex-girlfriend. What's her name? Simone? Simone. Yeah. And Eleanor is having to sort of lead this whole thing and she and Janet are talking about pandemonium and Eleanor notes that Cheaty taught her about the word pandemonium basically because he had her he and I quote Chidi tricked me into reading Paradise Lost by telling me Satan was and I quote my type a big mean bald guy with a goatee I mean he wasn't wrong (laughs) um but they talk about in Paradise Lost Milton talks about how this he calls the center of hell pandemonium meaning the place of all demons and Eleanor goes on and she says 
I guess all I can do is embrace the pandemonium, find happiness and the unique insanity of being here now. There's something about that line that makes me cry every time. Every time. I think it I think it's because it actually points out the fact that you can't you know, even the show, even though the show deals with the afterlife, you can't worry about what is going to happen in the afterlife. You yeah. have to worry about what you're doing with your life as it's happening. Yeah. Because it's not a TV show. You can't go back and get another chance. You can't go back and change it or have reboots or anything like that. She right. can only do what she can now. It's like, because this is our last chance, season four is their their final chance to make it to the good place. Right. And it's it's like she's living a regular life again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and you know, and like, I feel like my life has had a lot of just pandemonium in it the last few years and just mm-hmm. a lot of loss and grief and really hard things. And there is just something about just embracing it. You can't change it. And you just have to find happiness in it. And even though it's a little bit insane, you just sometimes have to stop and just be there and just find something happy, find something to take joy in. And again, it's like this 22 minute show gets me. It makes you cry. It makes you laugh. It Mm -hmm. makes you think it's, it's pretty crazy. It's, it's so interesting to think about in the scheme of, I feel like, Oh, watching it, especially if you get to watch like lots of episodes in a row and then you come away at the end and you're just like, oh, I just feel like I, I, I feel like I want to be a better person overall, even though, yeah. you know, it's TV, but right. it, it does make you think with the, let's say, especially that quote with about pandemonium, it makes you think that like, you know, when you're driving to the store and somebody cuts in front of you or someone's rude to you somewhere it's like is it worth it to get mad at them spend all of your energy getting angry working yourself worked up or is it better to move on embrace the stuff that is good in your life right because that's all you really can do and I try to think about that a lot and I try to get the rest of my family (laughs) to think that as well (laughs) Uh, no, it doesn't work as well for other people right. when you're trying to force that idea upon others. But um, it just really makes you think so much, which is something you don't really expect out of TV. No, no you don't. You don't. We're like, you might expect it out of like an hour long, like special that's only on Netflix or like, I don't know, you know, there's like certain things where like, oh, this will really make me think blah, blah, blah. But something that's on network television, that's, you know, a 30 minute episode. So really, it's 22 minutes when you take out all the stupid commercials. You're like, oh, this is going to be so fluffy. And then you're like, oh, whoa, oh, whoa. (laughs) Mind home. Yeah, I think it's I think it's so cool. And I'm so sad that it's going to be ending in just a few months. I know. You know, I we we talked about this a little bit off air. um, I think it was last week. But there's I was really sad to hear that this show is ending. And I felt but I felt the same way I did when they announced that this past season of Jane the Virgin was going to be the last 
season um, because I feel like both of those shows have been so good. And as much as I don't want them to end, I also don't want them to go on so long that it's painful. Exactly. Shouts to Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) I just, and The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead has also done it where you're like, I don't go well, you know, and I actually feel the same way a little bit about the good place that I do about The Walking Dead because I know um, my husband and I started watching that show. There was like a few seasons of it out. And so we were like catching up with it but we were only a couple seasons in and we were both like so how long do we think that they can keep this up because at some point you're just sort of recycling the same content over and over of running from the zombies trying to defeat the zombies going somewhere else doing it again so I do feel like there's even though the writers of the show are so freaking creative there is only so much that they can do until it starts to just sort of cycle through again. And so I do think it needed to, I think I, th- I think it needs to have an end date. I'm just really sad that that's the case. Yeah, I think having that end date in their heads really helps a lot. Um, I never watched The Walking Dead, but I was a huge Lost fan. And as every Lost fan knows, um, it really circled the drain, should, <laughs> I will say, at the, the plug, end. The plug should have been pulled on that one well, um, long before it was. Yeah, it was it was really solid to start off with, and then it it went on a little too long, and they kind of had to figure out how to end it. Yeah, after it went longer than it should. And have. I feel like there's a really fine line there. Like there's a real fine line between okay, like we're just gonna go a little bit more and take the story a little bit further, and like oh, we did we, we it was it that was too far. That was too far. It's gone on too long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shouts, shouts to Dexter too. Oh God, so many Aww. really excellent shows that just have just lasted way too long. Yeah, and granted, those all were dramas, but I think that um, that actually shows it makes it harder for a comedy, um, yeah. especially for one that doesn't. You know, a lot of comedies are just kind of week to week plots, but because yeah. The Good Place has a central storyline to follow it has to have an ending of some sort. And if the ending is for them to get to the real good place, um, there's only so many obstacles you can put into play without it being redundant. Right. And so as sad as I am, I am really glad that they are kind of following their integrity and letting it end as a good show and not um, kind of petering away as a lot of shows do. Yes. We'll still, we'll still be crying into our, into our wine on the last episode though i'm sure <laughs> i'm very sure we will be i uh just rewatched the finale of season three and i cried so much it's again it's just so good it's so good um when they're watching the little movie that michael yes. made for them and she's crying and she, she's like it's not a joke i'm a legit snack i mean kristen bell is a legit snack she so. is a snack it's true it's true talk about girl crush exactly it's one of those that's actually one of the few celebrity couples where i have an equal crush on both of them her and dax all right i just gonna throw that one out there (laughs) i will say i also really the other thing i really like about the good place just in general is that um 
I guess it's not necessarily about the show, but it, I guess it is. I feel like all of the actors are just good people. It seems like they are. Like, and, yeah. From, and I from feel what like, I can tell listening to the podcast and following them on social media and stuff mm-hmm. like that, I, I do. I feel like they are, they're good people who are doing good things with like the spotlight that is being put on them. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, a lot of the people who are involved in Mike Sure shows, like Parks and Rec, um, in Amy, I know Amy Poehler had done a lot of really cool charity work and stuff like that after she did Parks and Rec, or possibly at the same time. I'm actually not sure. Oh, yeah. Um, Nick Offerman does a really a lot of really cool stuff. And I think, I don't know if he just manages to find some really awesome people that are just have great hearts or what the deal is but um it just makes me enjoy the show more because i know that there are good people behind those characters yes you know how when you watch something and you're like i want to like this movie or tv show but i know that that guy is a (laughs) douchebag you just can't do it you know yes i agree i agree with that well i wish we could actually talk about the good place for a very long time I know. Because I feel like we could just keep talking about it forever. I know. Uh, even though, you know, it would work better if we had clips and stuff. But we are not that fancy to we're have not, we're not rights. That fancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so unfortunately, we're going to have to bring this to a close. But as we said, seasons one through three are on Netflix right now. So you better go watch them. Rewatch them before season four starts. I mean, or... it's pretty easy to rewatch a season in a very short sitting. <laughs> yeah, the seasons are short. I think there's only, there's um, only like thirteen episodes. Thirteen episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So you can watch the entire one through three in a weekend if you are as into Netflix as we are. If you really believe in yourself, you can. I do trust anything. that you can do it. It's true. Reach for the stars, guys. <laughs> The final season will premiere on September 26th, but also they are doing a one-hour special the week beforehand, which I just found out about about today. I'm super excited, and it's going to have clips and interviews and additional footage, and that's going to be, I believe, probably on NBC as well on September 19th. Nice. I'm super excited. Set the DVR for that one. Exactly. So I can go back and rewatch and cry as much as I want. <laughs> There's also, uh, if you look on YouTube, they also release the bloopers, and those are also quite excellent. Yes. And as I mentioned, The Good Place, the podcast, is available on iTunes and all the other fun podcast places, and it's hosted by Mark Evan Jackson. He's had... Um, the producers and the writers and the actors on talking about each episode um episode by episode and then during the off season he also had some really cool guest stars you may have heard of some of them like lin-manuel miranda oh my god such that was such a good episode it was great so if you love podcasts which i hope you do because you're listening to us you should check that one out so next week we're actually going to uh kind of dive in a little bit actually it's really less going to be less of a dive in and probably more just scratching the surface of anxiety um, talking a little bit about our experiences some of the things that we do to help manage our anxiety I'm sure that it's a topic that we will probably be coming back to a few more times so this is going to be sort of our our intro to it I suppose um, but make sure to join us here next week to hear about that 
Make sure to follow us on social media, um, subscribe, rate us, review us five stars, please. And we'll see you next week or talk to you next week, I guess. Either one. Either one. We could see you and talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.